the Movie Journey Podcast, where not only do we break down one film a fortnight from the IMDb Top 250 list, but we also do a wide variety of other things, including tournaments, drafts, questions of the week, top fives, and of course, Pod V Pods. I'm joined as usual by my host, co-host? No, host. My co-host, Mr. Daniel Henderson. Hendo, how are you going, my young friend? I'm doing well, my friend. I must say, you're looking quite dashing today, Hendo. Is it because of the brand new Sweet Sweet Merch Movie oh, Journey you know it. t-shirts we've got on? We're both sitting here like absolute dags, <laughs> wearing the same shirt, just promoting ourselves. To each other. To each other. So that's a good, what's, that, what's that podcast? You should be listening oh, to that. Movie Journey Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been good, mate. I'm off work for a week. A little nice. time off. That'll give you a chance to uh, watch some movies finally. I know. I mean, it's been a while since I've watched a you've movie. You've been so bad at watching movies this year. Well, well last year, I should say now. <laughs> this is the week to bump them out because next week is our top 20 films of 2019. So, it's the last chance to get in what we can. So, yeah, do expect a lot of uh, movies from me on my letterbox. I shall be updating it hourly, Hendo. But I had a good week last week. I had two different staff parties to attend. Lots of drinking, lots of fun. And you go there as a boss, though, yeah? I went there as the boss for one, yeah. and I went there as not the boss for the other I one. Know, I kind of struggle going to a staff party as a boss. I didn't I didn't drink at that. I was, I was the, yeah, exactly. the responsible I, one. I did that. Like, I, I had a few drinks, but, mm. like, in the past, I am sort of known, not known, <laughs> but- I can write myself off at yes, these work parties pretty aggressively, but this one, like, I really felt like I was much more of a, you know- Boss, a, leader, uh, responsible more, adult. More just like a supervisor, just watching, making sure no one does anything stupid. That was me too. My which, entire team wrote themselves off. Which is, yeah, it's it definitely not as fun. <laughs> no, it's not. I, I don't, and I don't know a way around it because- you just have to take it. Yeah, you do. And that's the the life we lead, Hendo. And that's why it was good to have the second party a couple of days later where I could let loose. So that was with like your bosses. Yeah, it was with my boss and our our collective manager group. Okay. So yeah. we don't we don't really have one of them. We should though. That'd be all right. They're good fun. But uh you, you're not gonna ask how, how my week was? No, I don't care. It's just standard. Standard <laughs> Dean stuff. I went out for walks with a dog, I did I a did bit that. of work. I did that. Lost more weight. You're looking dashing as usual. Thank you, did that. Did you get a fresh haircut? Uh yeah. Last week I did. So sure, why not? Of course. So that standard Dean week. You've missed something. Some key element to the Dean week. I don't know. You got a new t-shirt? No, I played golf, Hendo. Oh, for fuck's I sake. Played- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a, had a good hit of the old 18 down at a local golf course. It was uh, lots of fun, Hendo. Lots of fun. Lots of fun smashing balls and swinging clubs. Yeah. I had. I mean, I actually played probably worse than I have in a while, but- it's it's so rewarding when you get that 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 one great shot, that one hit off the tee that lands right next to the to the hole. Was it was the like, wrong court? Was yeah. it the wrong, wrong hole? No, 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 not wrong hole. Uh, for once in my life, so <laughs> that was no, it was a lot of fun. Anyway, what are we doing today, Hendo? Well, today it's Pod V Pod thirty three, and my God, we've got a great guest on today. We've got Nick from the Epic Film Guys. Oh, what a guest! We are obviously have spoken to Nick previously with the live stream for the Cure stuff we did last year, and we're very excited that we're going to be on again this year for that great cause that they do over there. Absolutely, mate. And after that, we've got our question of the week, which we were going to have as what is your favourite film debut, but considering we're getting pretty far into 2020 now, <laughs> we're going to ask you, what is your most anticipated film of 2020? Yeah, we need to get this question out of the way. Yes. <laughs> It'll be weird doing it in February. We'll also take a look at the latest tournament results in our best 2010s film tournament. I've got just one trailer to talk about this week, and then after all that, we're going to be talking about what else we've been watching for the last fortnight, which is not as big as it was last time. Thank God. Churn out 30 films. No. It's going to be a lot smaller. Yes. But of course, we always start with. Give me the update. 
right, Hendo, what's going on on the IMDb Top 250 list? Parasite has gone up to 26. Very nice. Yeah. Joker has dropped down to 30. Yeah, okay. 1917. Now, we did say, is it going to go up or is it going to go down? I said up. You said down. Yeah. It has gone up. Well up. From 57 to 41. Nice. Yeah. I think it's going to keep going, in all honesty. Yeah, it's doing very well on the awards circuit as well. So yeah, it just, just won the, the PGA. PGA yeah, yep. PGA. So, yeah, it's uh, coming close to being a best picture frontrunner. Mm. Marriage Story has dropped down 11 spots to 200. Ford v Ferrari has dropped down nine spots to 142. We have a new debut in the list, Little Women. Oh, cool. Yep, has dropped in at number 230. Oh, goodbye. But that also means that the Irishman is out of the list. Yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised. Yeah, so that is your update for the top 250. All right, mate, let's do it. Let's get into Pod v Pod 33. Let's get ready to rumble! All right, Dean, it's time for Pod v Pod 33, where we have some of your favourite podcasters on for a battle of different movie games. And this week, it is an epic battle we've got coming up. Oh, we have oh. got Nick from the Epic Film Guys. Welcome to the show, mate. Finally. Welcome. Yeah, I'm, I am no one's favourite podcaster. You're our favourite. How dare you? <laughs> You're our favourite this week. <laughs> Oh, it's an honor, gentlemen. Thank you. It's going to be a great time today. Uh, so for anyone, for some stupid reason, who haven't heard of the Epic Film Guys, why don't you tell them what it's about? We tell dick jokes, mostly. <laughs> that, Most that, of is, show, that is the summary, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's us talking about Loisas' sex life so and movies. Movies, 10%, and <laughs> Loisas' sex life, 90%. Pretty much what we're transitioning into now. <laughs> is that why it's such a short show, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Poor Lloyd's sauce. <laughs> Can't even defend himself. Oh, dear. We're just a movie podcast. We love to have fun. We love to have a great time. And we put a little bit of a different spin on everything. We try to be more unique. And we're unconventional for sure. But, you know, I think you have to be if you're a movie podcaster. You can't just be like... This is what the movie news is today, the box office report, <laughs> et cetera, you know? Yeah, you got you got to have your own flair, and that's why I love you guys so much. You, you know, insta-download, inst insta-listen every week. It's one of the best podcasts out there. Thank you so much, sir. The feeling is more than mutual, sir. I've burned through your entire backlog, and now i got to sign up for your Patreon so I can hear all the breakdowns there and then unsubscribe because I'll have heard it all. <laughs> sick, of that, sick of that Dean bastard in my ear. Hey. I love Dean. <laughs> Dean, that's I love right. you so much. Thank you. I love you too. You just get a rise out of Hendo, and that's what podcasting is all about. The only reason I still podcast is to piss Justin off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right there with you. Basically, the reason why we started the show. Like, yeah. I'm like, Dean, you're pissing me off so much. Like, let's record it. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> the Rocky breakdown you guys did was just a oh, oh man, so it gives me nightmares. <laughs> yeah, it, it's up there for us. <laughs> the, the closest I was to quitting the show. <laughs> All right, mate, if you're ready to go, we will get into it. Let's start off with the first round, of course, which is our standard movie quiz. Pub quiz, asshole. Five questions, one point per correct guess. We always let the guests go first for the first round. So here we go, Nick. Oh. First category we've got for you is Disney. What Disney animated film series features two lead characters by the names of Bernard and Bianca? What? <laughs> Bernard and Bianca? Huh? I'm going to be absolutely the worst at all of this. I'm just telling you now. I know shit about movies, especially. <laughs> Come on. Bernard and Bianca. What? I don't know. Uh, the Lady and the Tramp. 
No, 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 no. It was the rescuers. What the fuck is the rescuers? They're the mouse. They're the mice. The mice. There's the rescuers and the rescuers down under. They go down under. I thought it would have been right up your alley. (laughs) That's in the X-rated version of Disney+. Plus. Which one of you guys is going to go first? Uh, Dean can go first. Oh, Dean. Okay. There is a theme with all of my trivia questions. Okay. They're all Charles Bronson related. Oh, no. Even, oh. E- you've even the playing field very quickly here. Charles Bronson, eh? <laughs> we love some Bronson on the Epic Film Guys podcast. We got to do this. Dean, in oh, Death God. Wish 3, <laughs> if- what does the carjacker say to Paul Kersey when he tells him it's his car? I'm just going to go Are ahead and write five me? X's here on the, on the score sheet. Uh, what does the carjacker Is the answer Charles Bronson? The answer what? is not Charles Bronson. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, nah. Okay, what is it then? It is... Now you're going to die. Man. Okay, it's going to be like These that. These are also very EFG-centric. <laughs> like we play this song clip all the time. No, you're going to die. I think I, uh, I think I listened to your, um, what is it, your blooper reel recently, and you were, you did talk very extensively about that sound drop. So yeah, that yeah, makes perfect sense. I think I played that a couple times during that blooper zone. I have the soundboard. I can play it now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I, I have a feeling this is uh, going to be an easy victory for you here. If you're going to be smashing off Charles Bronson films <laughs> yeah, to us, I think so too. What, what I, I think the collective between us is maybe one. Wow. Was he in Once Upon a Time in the West? Was he in Once Upon a Time in the West? Yes. Uh, if not, then zero. <laughs> Once upon a time in the West, yes. So, one. There you go. All right. So, All right. one. So, I've seen him in something. Then. Yeah. Doing well. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Nick, your next question is oh, in boy. the category of sports. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Who plays the famously hot-headed tennis player John McEnroe in 2017's Borg versus McEnroe? Oh, shit. Um... <sighs> I think I saw this movie. Is that sad that I don't know if I saw a movie or not? Like, No, Dane does that all the time. <laughs> it wasn't very memorable if I did see it. Oh. I just have Steve Carell in my head, so I'm going to say Steve Carell. No, it was actually Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Okay. Wasn't there a tennis yeah. movie with... Oh, no, that was Battle of the Sexes. Yeah, with uh, Carell and Emma Stone. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Never mind. Yeah. Just ignore me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He's hoping your next Bronson question is about Once Upon a Time in the West. Ooh, maybe. Or maybe oh, not. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> These are all sort of EFG-themed questions. You listen to the show, so you might be able to get some of these. Fingers crossed. This is an EFG quiz more (laughs) than it's a Bronson quiz. So what food is Frank eating in prison that Vince Majestic asks him about in the movie Mr. Majestic? Oh, fuck. (laughs) You know it's a food. They're narrowing it down. Uh, You're basically telling him the answer. (laughs) Where was my help? (laughs) Oh, boy. Nah, he's eating low socks, dirty socks. What? Oh, my. Wow. <laughs> the correct answer is, hey, buddy, you're going to eat that sausage? Oh, my God. Yeah, you say, you say it, and the soundboard just immediately comes back. Hey, buddy, you're going to eat that sausage? <sighs> this is this is kind of, yeah. This is the most EFG thing we have ever done. How much fun he's having over there. <laughs> oh, my Lord. 
You guys crush trivia every time I listen to. Yeah, but it's not just Charles <laughs> Bronson. Charles Bronson trivia. You guys know the most obscure things, except for Charles Bronson. We got Oscars for you. I know how much you love the Oscars. Oh, boy. What film for the 2013 Academy Awards beat out such films as Life of Pi, Django Unchained, and Silver Linings Playbook for the Best Picture Award? Argo. Motherfucker, yeah. Got it. That's, uh, that's the, that's the <laughs> win. That's the win, man. <laughs> I did it. Oh, boy. All right. We got, let's try something. Even, even a guess, a good guess will be good here. Okay. What do you this got? This one is the easiest of these questions, I promise. Dean, what is the name of Bronson's character in Sergio Leone's Once Upon a Time in the West? Come on, Dean. You've seen this one. No excuses. I have seen it. I may even have seen it twice. Uh, okay. What is the name? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't have a fucking clue. What sort of a question is this? What's the name of the character? How, how bad is that? Uh, I'm, I'm, it's one of those things, too, where it's incredibly iconic when you think about the film. Mm. This is Dean Stick. When he doesn't know the answer, he goes, what kind of a question is this? I don't think I've ever said that before, Hendo. I think he said it to Paul once. No, I don't think so. Uh, you should always question Paul. Always. <laughs> oh, no, wait, you said it the other way around because Paul asked if you'd seen any Mission Impossible films. <laughs> what kind of a question is that? <laughs> uh, I, I, I have no idea. We'll say oh, Crazy Joe Devola. What, what the fuck? <laughs> His name is Harmonica. Because he plays the harmonica. Ah, of course. That really incredible Ennio Morricone theme whenever he's on the screen. Come on, mm. Dean. Come on, Dean. Jeez. <laughs> you didn't know that, Hendo. <laughs> Lift your game, Dean. Come on. Dean, I love you. You're my favorite. Yeah, that's Hey! Has <laughs> been here the whole time? <laughs> All right, let's change our Works questions well. to 1920s black and white <laughs> silent films now. <laughs> I might Name one of them. All right, Dan, you go for this one. All right. Uh, category is fantasy sci-fi. Prince Caspian is the subtitle of the second installment of what franchise? Oh, Prince Caspian. Oh, shit. What is it? (laughs) As if I'm going to suss it out by, like, looking up or, like, hmm. I swear I... No, it... No, that's not... that's, That's a different thing. Is it? Oh, oh! Is it? Uh, it's Chronicles of Narnia, right? Correct. Oh, yes, it is. I kept thinking the Golden Compass, but I don't think that's Ooh, the same franchise, movie. is it? I don't even know. I've never seen any of them. No, nah. it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Okay, we need to get. We need to get the next two to stay in the game. Yeah, we're fucked. <laughs> so this is a movie scene. That made our very own God of Podcasting, Loisos, fall on the floor and laugh for 10 minutes straight. Okay. In Death Wish 5, Charles Bronson's final acting performance when he was a thousand years old, what does Paul Kersey use to kill Freddie Flakes? Death Wish 5. I want to give you a hint, but like, I don't know. Of course you do. (laughs) I will accept the hint. (laughs) I will give you a hint because I know these are tough. So it's a sporting implement. Think sports. That's a hint. There you go. That's not too much of a... It was the cinema guys, yeah. Literally, like, giving you, like, every single piece of the oh, answer. Oh, yeah. And they're, like, naming off the cast and the year and the director <laughs> and then the title. Like, <laughs> we really want you to get the answer. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Uh, no such luck. What does he use to kill him? Think sports. I'm trying to go back. Think sports. Uh, a hockey stick. That is incorrect. The correct answer is a soccer ball. <laughs> I was going to say basketball, but nah. Okay. 
we are shit at this one. Cue up that scene on YouTube if you ever get a chance, because it is absurd and amazing. What does he do? Like, it, like throw it at his face and like crush his head or something? He like rolls it up to him because it's got like a bomb in it, and he picks it up, and then the remote control sets off the bomb, and some naked lady jumps out of a bathtub. It's <laughs> so weird and surreal and ridiculous. <laughs> Now we have to check. Oh yeah, it out. I've got. Yeah, send, send the link. <laughs> Pornhub slash. <laughs> yeah, a much different version of the scene. Mm. <laughs> All right, mate, you've already won this one, but let's get to our last question here. What? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well done. So excited. Pat myself on the back. What is the name of the 2016 sci-fi black comedy about an unemployed writer, Gloria, who is unwittingly causing a giant monster to wreak havoc halfway across the world? Uh, 2016, okay. Mm. The black comedy. I just make a lot of weird noises when I can't figure things out. That's how I think, but it's my process. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm just going to stab it in the dark. Cloud Atlas is my number one. <laughs> Well done. <laughs> it's not at all. <laughs> Every time someone says Cloud Atlas, you know what's wrong, okay? Uh, it's uh, Colossal. Okay. Yeah, for some reason I kept thinking that Trolls movie, but I don't think that was uh, Colossal was the Anne Hathaway movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lois Haas was a huge fan of that movie. He loved that movie. He'd, he'd kill me. <laughs> well, but then he'd be congratulating you because you just won the first round. Hey, He'll be happy just because I'm doing Bronson. <laughs> yeah. So he'll be angry at us for not knowing a single Bronson thing. <laughs> so you guys want to take us down with the last one on the yeah, collab? Yeah, and sure. We're going to have a collab here and argue yeah, we're about have a good our lack of knowledge. This Charles Bronson question. Right. This is just kind of general Charles Bronson trivia. What age was Charles Bronson when he starred in the first Death Wish movie? Okay, so I okay. think he... Didn't he say he was like 70 and number five? Did he say that? Oh, he, maybe he, he said was he was joking. really old. Okay, so... When did number five come out? I don't know. When, when did, did the first one, one come number out? It was 1994, Jeez. I believe. I just said he was like a thousand years when it came out, so I don't think yeah, that's going to help. Almost you know. 75, Hendo. Yeah, that's <laughs> glad you're paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, what, what decade would Death Wish 1 have been? 70s? Yeah, like maybe late 70s. What do you reckon, like 42? Something like that. Is that a final answer? No, no, no I just... No, <laughs> 42. That sounds pretty old, doesn't it? I've never seen him look young. Every time I see him, he looks like an old fuck. So it's not like he's a, yep. you know, a 20-year-old gentleman going around murdering everyone. I'd, I'd say 30, 38. What, what's the fucking difference? Well, why do you have to, why do you have to... better than 42. <laughs> do you have to just be different? They're not casting some guy in his 40s to be this action guy. I think he but was, a guy in his 30s. I think he was oh, famous yeah. enough at Give this me more point. of that. What about Liam Neeson? He what wasn't about, he oh, wasn't 38 in Taken. He is the exception I to the rule. I love the door that I've Why don't we go in the middle and, and say 40? 39. 41, fuckface. <laughs> 36. 36. <laughs> One of those is the final answer. I guess they're all wrong. <laughs> so he was actually 53 years old when he started that movie. <laughs> what the yeah. fuck? That was closer. <laughs> To be fair, though, you're correct. You can't picture him as a young man. He just is always old and weathered looking. Yeah, he just looks old. <laughs> well, as I predicted, nil for five oh, for the old Charles Bronson there. Justin's so heart is good broken. prediction there, Hendo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, mate. Well done on the first round. Let's see how you go in the second round, which is... The list is an absolute good. The list is life. And as we do a rotating game, a rotating list of games here, this time we've got three movie lists each that the other team has to rattle off the 10 films on that list 
They get one point for each correct guess. And as soon as they get one wrong, the round is over. All right, Nick, we asked you the first question of the first round, so we'll take the first list here and I'll go first this time. Okay, so... And now this is a, so this is a list that I found over at moviebodycounts.com. Mm. But mm. what are the ten deadliest movies in terms of body count? So just to just to give you the caveat here, because otherwise it wouldn't be necessarily fair. Yeah. For body count, they consider it to be on screen or physical, like visible kills and dead bodies, not hypothetical kills, not implied kills, not off screen kills. Okay. So we're not thinking like the Death Star blowing up Alderaan type of kills because we didn't you know we can only hypothesize about how many people were on alderaan so like on screen and like dead bodies and like that's it that's that's what counts so the top 10 deadliest movies in terms of so you have to see the dead body not the death so like just say in a a random war film if they scan across and you see like like eight bodies there that counts yeah that counts yep you see a dead body or if you see the kill I mean, count. the first one I immediately went to was the, not the very recent Rambo, but the one before that. The, it's just called Rambo, I'm pretty sure. The 20, 2006 one where he just destroys like over like 150, 200 people. Not on the list. Okay, that's it. Well, that's it. Ooh. Yeah, I'm done. That was shit. <laughs> Bagel for all Hendo here. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, this is the top 10. You want me to give it to you? Yeah, yeah go for yeah. it. Okay, so the, the, the top 10, starting with number 10, was We Were Soldiers, that Vietnam War movie with Mel Gibson. It's going to be a lot of war movies. Yep. Number nine is Titanic. Mm-hmm. Uh, number eight is wow. the greatest action movie ever made, Hard Boiled. <laughs> wow. Uh, number seven, apparently, which includes both Planet Terror and Death Proof, is Grindhouse. Number Jeez. six is The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Number five is The Last Samurai, Wayne's number one war movie of all time. <laughs> number four is troy number three is 300 number two is kingdom of heaven and number one is the lord of the rings the return of the king wow that was tough i I, even if i didn't say rambo i would have not said i think it's on there one of them it's like number 13 yeah yeah that's and that would be the one i'm thinking of because he just runs amok yeah that one shit all right wish you went first I thought it was an interesting take on the question so that's why i grabbed that list all right fuck me i haven't got a question yet Right at all. Uh, we are not looking good here. All right. I'm not going to get any of these. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> nah, I think I think you might get a couple here. Yeah, you'll be right. Okay. Tell me the last ten Adam Sandler movies. No, not in order. Just okay. Yeah, just just any just the last ten in, in random order. Okay, so uncut gems. Fucking fuck you, Hendo. Woo-hoo. <laughs> Pretty good, wasn't it? <laughs> Murder Mystery. Yep. The Ridiculous Six. Yep. Men, Women, and Children. Uh, yeah, I think that was too old. It's not like 2006. Men, Women, and Children. I've never mm. heard of it. What is that? Yeah. Yeah. Jason Reitman movie. It got panned pretty badly. It has Emma Thompson doing this weird like Ooh. voiceover thing. It's weird. He was good in it. Fair Why enough. Did I not no. say Myrowitz. Oh. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> the ones you missed, as you said, were the Myrowitz stories, uh, Hotel Transylvania two and three, the week of. Sandy Wexler, The Do-Over, and Pixels. And right now, Dan Brennick is screaming into his <laughs> headphones because it's like, we've reviewed all of <laughs> it's these It's so many movies. Netflix on there. <laughs> all right, three, three points so far to my zero. So let's see if Dean right. can get, get, get something here. Okay, this one's going to be really fun. Name 10 Charles Bronson movies. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got five already. You've got six. <laughs> I did think about making a Charles Bronson list, but I can't just keep going with the Bronson. I can't. So, in order of 
Rotten Tomatoes score, based on the Rotten Tomatoes score, what are the lowest 10 ranked Leonardo DiCaprio movies? The lowest ranked, so the lowest tomato mm. score, the bottom 10. Okay. All right. Let's see how I go here. Let's kick it off with The Beach. Yes. The Man in the Iron Mask. Yes. Okay. It's hard because he's not in heaps and a lot of what he's in is generally well regarded. Yeah, exactly. So like, I wouldn't... Uh, Revolutionary Road. No. Should have the Quick and the Dead. The Quick and the Dead is on there, yeah. Uh, what else is it? This boy's this, life. This boy's life. Basketball Diaries. Gilbert Grape. Bas- Basketball Diaries. Great Gatsby. Yep. Body of Lies. J. Edgar. Celebrity. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Total yep. Eclipse. And then at a whopping 0% Critters 3. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Fair enough. All right. All right. Yep. <laughs> Elites were on there the board. You go. Yeah. Two points to you. But uh, Nick's still up with three with a, an extra round here. And for your second list here, mate, we've got the top 10 worldwide highest grossing box office directors. Top 10 directors. Okay. Christopher Nolan. Yes. He's got to be in there somewhere. I'm going to say, I'm just trying to think of J.J. Abrams. We'll throw him in there. Yep. Okay. Just because of the MCU, I'm going to say the Russo brothers. Very good. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if he would make the list or not, though. We are inching ever so closely to our first shutout here, Dean. (laughs) Yes, we are. <laughs> I'm going to say we're talking total, like, cumulatively over their entire career, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to throw Scorsese. No. Oh, I was so... I didn't think he would be, Ooh, but... Fighting yeah. chance. <laughs> no. Uh, so, from 10 up, you had John Favreau, Tim Burton, you had J.J. Abrams and Nolan, mm. then you had David Yates. You missed a big one here, James Cameron. Oh. <laughs> Followed up by Michael Bay, Peter Jackson, and then you had the Russos at number two, wow. and the number yeah. one, Spielberg. <laughs> Scorsese, really? Oh, oh my hey, god! Silence made a lot of money, all right. Almost as much wow. as the uh, last Emperor. <laughs> so you guys get to collab on this one, right? Yes, yep. and uh, you're on six to our two, so we need at least uh, what is it five here to mm, stay in the game okay. and avoid a shutout here. So this is one of the most fun categories I put together a list for. I really wanted to make something that would make Justin really proud. So I need you guys oh, to no. tell me the top ten grossing worldwide gross, the top ten grossing canon films. Canon? You guys what know is, what, what is canon, canon film is? No. Is it something something that's like accurate to the source material? No. Canon Films was a production studio. Especially back in like the 80s, they would take the worst oh of the worst god. garbage and put as little money into it as possible. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> Come on. This is a wrap. <sighs> uh, when you hear some of the names of the movies, you'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Of course they're canon films. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, what, None what of you- them are on the IMDb Top 250, guys. So, yeah, there's just no intersect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once it leaves the list, we have no it leaves the list. Or <laughs> if it never came anywhere near the list. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dean, what are you, what are you thinking? Uh, like- well, he said 80s. Most yeah, of them were in the 80s, like, yeah. Oh, jeez, okay. Okay, so bad. Just try to think of really shitty, low-budget, just terrible 80s schlock the worst of the worst and incomprehensibly bad you'll get at least one or two man that's so tough that is so tough (laughs) i mean do i say some of these films in fear of being yelled at by nick for me thinking that they're shit films i mean if it's an 80s film i probably don't like it anyway i am 
Justin's the 80s lover on the show. I am not a defender of the 80s. I hate a lot of quote-unquote 80s classics. Uh, I mean, the two that came to my mind, sorry, Justin, They Live and Roadhouse. They are not on the list. Oh, there you go. Yeah, nah, there was there was no, no chance idea. there. Damn it, that's the shutout. So from 10 to 1, King Solomon's Minds have no idea what that is. <laughs> oh, God. Yep, never heard not, of it. Death Wish 3. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Delta Force. Oh, that's a Chuck Norris film, isn't Masters it? Masters of the Universe. You've heard of that uh, one. Yeah. Invasion USA. Okay. Nah. Joe? Oh, Missing in action. Breaking. The sequel, Breaking 2 Electric Boogaloo, was number 11 on this list. Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. <laughs> okay. Hey, I've seen one. <laughs> the top grossing canon film ever was Cobra. Sylvester Stallone and Kurt Russell, I believe. Nick, Nick, I think you found the formula to beating us in a public pot. It's just get, give, give questions stupid, that... Yeah. questions. This, yeah, this is 100% inspired by Justin. Oh, like, wow. That, literally. That, so this is what it feels like to be fucked royally. We still have to do the draft. Yeah, but we've lost. <laughs> we've already lost. lost. <laughs> They've killed us already. <laughs> but, 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 seri- but seriously, yeah, bravo. I, I bravo. You. You're the first person to do it. Well done. Well done. Yeah, we're very, very proud of you, Nick. Yep. <laughs> Charles Bronson and Canon Film. <laughs> Did well. This is 100% Did well. all Justin, I swear. This is the kind of education I've gotten hosting our show over the past five years. Yeah. I don't know anything. So I was just like, I'm just going to pick stuff that would be relevant to Justin. If I gave this stuff to Justin, he would know this stuff right off the bat, like instantly. He would know it immediately. He just have, he, like those canon films are garbage, but he absolutely just you, Just them. you wait, because I'm, obviously I'm going to be listening to your shows for the next couple of months. And as soon as I hear something where either you and Justin say how much you don't like it or you don't know about it or you hate it. We're going to smash so many of those questions on that live stream for the Cure Pop Pod. <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing. Seriously. Like, I've. We're going to put it on It's even more right embarrassing now. that we've lost now. <laughs> <laughs> no, very good, mate. Uh, that's, yeah. Well yeah, done. Well done. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but when you record the rest of the episode, they're just going to be cursed and be the whole fucking cannon films. All right, let's let's see how many of the third ten list uh, we have for you uh, that you can get. And this category is uh, the first time ever there were ten best picture nominees was the 82nd Academy Awards, which looked at films from 2009. Name those 10 films. Oh, dear God. Uh, 2009. And I swear to God, if you complain about the question, I will hurt you. (laughs) What kind of fucking question is this? Who's heard of 2009? You're already getting a penis slap FedEx here from me. I'm sure Dean will will send a second one. Oh, my God. There you go. Yeah, just... mm. 2009, oh my. I've got to know something that came out in that year, right? <laughs> what kind of fucking question is this? <laughs> bitch. I have absolutely no idea. Not, I I cannot think of a 2009 movie. I can't even remember what one best picture that it's year. It's almost like these two lists were, were like very similar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> equal difficulty, these ones. <laughs> I don't even have a guess. Cloud Atlas. Gee, it must, <laughs> must be easy when you've already won. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the the ones that were nominated. Oh, I mean, the winner was The Hurt Locker. Oh, okay. Obviously, and that beat Avatar, The Blind Side, District 9, An Education, Inglorious Bastards, Precious, A Serious Man, Up, 
and Up in the Air. Oh, Up in the Air is a masterpiece. I love I mean, it. It's not Cobra or Death Wish 3 or <laughs> Masters of the Universe. Or <laughs> no film is Death Wish 3. The final act is the most gloriously beautiful thing that has ever been put to film. Ever. <laughs> it's literal insanity. You've almost convinced me to marathon the, the series now. No. No, nah, I'm not going to. <laughs> The first one's good. The second one's just a crappy retread of the first one. The third one's fine until that final act. And then, oh my God, it's like ecstasy. It's like the most entertaining <laughs> I've ever been watching any part of a movie ever. Bronson's running around the city with a light machine gun mowing down gang members. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> All right, mate. Well done there. Uh, first two rounds done. We got the third round to go here. So hopefully the listeners will be on our side here because it's time for our movie drive. All right. Nick, what did you choose for the draft here? I chose actor director pairings. Mm, this is a much different to what we're used to. We usually like to draft the movies, but, you know, director actor combos. Always got to be different. <laughs> <laughs> now, Nick. <laughs> No, no, this is, I like this. I like this draft. All right, buddy. Uh, do you want to go first or do you want us to go first? You know what? I will defer. I will defer. And I'm assuming you're going to pick Dean to go first here. I mean, he has my favorite, so, you know. <laughs> I, I, yeah. yeah. I was trying to do some reverse psychology there. That didn't work. He's never going to talk to me again after this. He's going to block me on everything. <laughs> Fuck him. Muted. Muted, yeah. <laughs> I love you both so much. Absolutely. But Dean, yes, we'll go with Dean first. Okay. Right. I am going to take... What is my personal favourite from this uh, this grouping? I'm not sure if it's the most popular, but fuck it. Uh, I'm taking Marty Scorsese and Robert De Niro. That's a good one. Oh, we also did stipulate in our, in our rules that once we pick a director or an actor, we cannot choose either of those two for any of our drafts as well. You can, of course, Nick, but we can't. Okay, well, I... My number one, I am going to... I've got a couple that are really good, and I'm just... Trying to kind of decide between them. That helps. Yeah. I've, oh, yeah. I've got this next pick too. So uh, my first one. Who, who, who directed all the uh, the Death Wish films? Oh, I have no idea. But <laughs> <laughs> that would have been your number one. <laughs> okay. So my number one. I'm gonna go Quentin Tarantino and Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, That's very good. Just very good. A stacked resume right there. All right. What about your second one? So second pick. I am going to pick James Cameron and Bill Paxton. <laughs> nice. Oh, Dick, it's pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, all right. On to me. And uh, yeah, a couple stood out to me when I first looked at the pairings, but I'm going to go uh, Mr. Steven Spielberg and his regular collaborator, Tom Hanks. I like that. Right, Dean, what about you? All right. All right. I'm going to take... Christopher Nolan and Michael Caine. Oh, that's nice. Lots of films together. I like it. Well, Justin would hurt me so much if I didn't pick this one. So my number three, John Carpenter and Kurt Russell. Yep, very good. Yep, cannot go wrong there. And then number four pick, I'm going to get a little old school. And we're going to take John Wayne and John Ford. Yep, that's not bad. They did a lot of films. I want that film Twitter vote. <laughs> oh, but you guys already have Scorsese number one. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> For, forget that. Never mind. Let's let's see here. I mean, I, I mm, uh, I've got two in my mind. So I feel like I feel like if I pick this the f- second one, Dean will just say no, no chance to the first one. 
So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go Ed, Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg as my pick. Ooh, that's nice. You went the wrong way. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. I would have taken that. All right. Well, we've got our collab now, so you you don't want to take the the uh, Mr. Coogler and Ryan B. Jordan? No, I don't. Oh, okay. Fine. Fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, I definitely don't. Um, what, are you, what are your thoughts then? What are my thoughts? None. Good. All right. So Coogler B. Jordan it is? I mean, probably... I mean, it's, yeah, there's some more iconic ones here. Just thinking what would be more popular. Maybe we do need something old. Maybe we do need a bit of Hitchcock and Stewart action. That was my next one. Oh, that's so solid. I mean, I'm, I'm happy I mean, we've with got the, the Nicholas Haskins recommend here, so... <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, uh, okay, I bought. Let's go something else. Then. <laughs> 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 nah, I, I think we are... Yeah, let's lock in Hitchcock and James Stewart. Yeah, Sounds good. You can't go wrong with that. That's amazing. So my last pick, okay... This is going to be a Nick pick. I just have to Say do it. Say dick pick? <laughs> <laughs> so I just got distracted by D. What, what was that? Orson Welles and Joe Cotton. Fair enough. All right. Let's take a look at these draft lists. We have got Scorsese and De Niro, Spielberg and Hanks, Nolan and Kane, Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg, and Alfred Hitchcock and James Stewart. Well, that's a good list. I lost this so bad. That's such a good list. <laughs> <laughs> and Nick, you've gone with Tarantino and Sam Jackson, James Cameron and Bill Paxton, John Carpenter and Kurt Russell, John Ford and John Wayne, and Orson Welles and Joe Cotton. I have a good list too, though. Do you, though? I like my- <laughs> wow. I'm just, I'm just glad we'll at least get one <sighs> one of the rounds one. <laughs> the, the most important one. Dean, you were my favorite. I'm going to come down there and slap Hendo in the penis. I'm going to smack <laughs> you in the penis too, Dean. Oh, <laughs> I was excited for that first part. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any um do you have any uh honorable mentions for that draft a couple that, that didn't make the cut uh so i had yeah i was gonna pick scorsese dicaprio but then i didn't want to like be piggybacking off of you guys yeah. picking scorsese but that is a great yeah, fair pairing. enough de niro's better let's see i put sergio leone and clint eastwood the dollars trilogy mm-hmm. on there yeah mel brooks and gene wilder we had we had uh we had fincher and brad pitt and uh, richard linklater and ethan hawk as well oh nice yeah. nice there's a lot of good choices for this, there is. For this yeah. kind of list. You guys probably have the more popular list. Well, hopefully everyone else thinks that too. And we win this uh, this blind draft, which will be done by the time this episode comes out. Hopefully we don't get completely shut out in this one. <laughs> Otherwise, I might have to cancel the Pod V Pod for a couple of months. Yeah, most of the time when you guys do blind drafts, it's kind of obvious whose yeah. list or whose. But this has Orson Welles on it. There's no way it's not my list. There's <laughs> that no is true. Way. <laughs> Anytime people pick Logan Lucky, everyone knows it's not us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's nobody's gonna be like i wonder which one is next yeah. <laughs> all right that's gonna do it for today nick thank you so much for coming on oh, it was an absolute blast absolutely amazing i i am literally in, in all seriousness because i i kid around a lot but i i adore you guys you guys do one of the most fun movie podcasts out there like experience wise just listening to it like the 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 the, the, the depth of content that you provide in doing the breakdowns that not only what you put over on patreon which is just disgusting get lives youtube <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> all that stuff like the breakdowns like the going through the lists the review like everything you guys do it's amazing so so please keep up the good work you guys are absolutely incredible oh, absolutely Nick, incredible you, you warm my heart here oh you're too kind i'm still gonna slap you both in the penis though we still don't forgive you for that shit house questions and list by the way <laughs> that's not enough <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm just trying to butter you up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, like we like we mentioned, we will be part of the live stream for the Cure this year yet again. Yes. Uh, do another massive pod v pod and punish Nick for oh his uh. My. His results today. They're going to be the, literally the most obscure shit you've ever heard of. <laughs> yeah, the 1917 film. <laughs> the Garden. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what color was the garden? <laughs> I am 100% looking forward to having you guys back for live stream for The Cure. Like in, in lieu of the normal plugging, like find us on social media, whatever stuff, just go to livestreamforthecure.com and learn about the event and get prepared. Yeah. May 27th Absolutely. is going to be a huge four hour kickoff event, whatever that's going to entail. I have no idea yet, but then 48 hours on the air over the next four days to try to raise $10,000 for the cancer research Institute. It's going to be absolutely amazing. You guys were part of it last year. We had such an amazing time and I can't wait to do it again absolutely. it's going to be incredible we can't wait to be there and yeah, all the other sensational podcasts you get it's just a it's an absolute ball to to get on and watch and listen to everyone else and yeah fantastic cause that you guys have been doing for three four years now it's sensational we, we're absolutely. very proud to be part of it thank you i love you guys thank you so so much for being part of it love you too nick thank you for being part of today's Povy pod he's gonna go curse me in the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> i'm already doing it in my head i'm like this yeah can we finish this so i can let loose <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> oh my god alright Nick thanks again buddy uh, we'll, we'll thanks, talk mate. to you soon you guys are amazing thank you so much alright mate it is time for that's my question the question jerk where we asked you is what is your most anticipated film for 2020 and let's take a look at some responses here first one from Malin181 I'm excited for Terrence Malick's new movie The Last Planet now I've only seen one Terrence Malick film and that was Night of Cups man Ugh. that was awful but I think most people said that was awful, didn't they? Yeah, so... It, it's not one of his revered movies. One of his worst. You need to watch Tree of Life to really get a good, you know, sustainable hate into him. Well, there is the there is A Hidden Life, which is out now, so I might be checking that out hopefully in time for the 2019 list. What are you, Dean? You going to check that one out? No. No, I'm not a Malik fan. It like The Plague. I don't like any of his films. Tim Redline? Ah, uh, not for me. Fair enough. Okay, next up from the movie seller, Bill and Ted face the music, and I'm not even embarrassed to admit that. I'm not sure why you would be No, Bill and Ted are awesome. Everyone loves Bill and Ted. Everyone loves Keanu Reeves at the moment. Well, I say for the moment. Everyone loves Always. the other guy. Alex Winters. That's it. The Real Doa says, Sophia Coppola's on the rocks. Hmm. Insoxicated underscore 99 says, I'd say Tenet. So many I want to see, but it's Nolan. Come on. It's Nolan. Come on. Raymond LaBarbera says Mulan. House of Strange Love says The Gentleman. Ah, all these people anticipating this film that we've already had here in Australia for a couple of weeks now. Do they not have it in America? Nope. What? Yeah. No way. They don't have it yet. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Ryan Alteri says Halloween Kills. Anthea says Ghostbusters Afterlife. Eh, I don't no, know. I do. No. Ants Human Stars Podcast says No Time to Die. Just Joe says Tenet. Can't wait. Here's one from Jeremy Dune. Alex Lincoln says Black Widow. Uh, see, after seeing the trailer, really just dropped for me. I'm not really... I'm going to see it, but I'm just not hyped for it anymore. Hmm, interesting. 143 says Greyhound. Greyhound. Tom Hanks. Is it? Yeah, I think that's the the War One meets Captain Phillips. Okay, sounds good. Cedric Lilly says, I'm really excited for Wonder Woman 84. Mike Brown says Top Gun Maverick. Low Carb Monster 8 says it's between Candyman and Antlers. 
I'm super excited to see them both. I assume they're both horrors? I think so. I think I've seen one picture for antlers and it looks uh, very bloody. And Horrific. Yes, you might say. And our last one here on Twitter from Lisa C., if I were to put the huge ones aside, I would say Antlers. Kerry Russell, Jesse Plemons, directed by Scott Cooper and Guillermo del Toro as one of the producers. This makes it a must-see for me. Nice pedigree there. Mm. Now, looking at our Facebook page. Patron Dan Breddick says, It was 1917, but I just finished watching it. So, I'll say Tenet. Talon Crichton has uh, broken the rules. He's gone with us a fair few here. Quiet Place 2, Mulan, Tenet, No Time to Die, Artemis Fowl, Bill and Ted Face the Music, Morbius, Godzilla vs. Kong. Just to name a few. Just pick one next time, would you, mate? <laughs> Lastly on Facebook, from Rob Manafield, A Quiet Place 2. I'm curious to see if that's going to end up on your list. And over on our Patreon for our lovely, lovely patrons, Glenn Davies says, Surely it's Peter Rabbit 2? Next up. (laughs) (laughs) He says, All joking aside, I would say Bond or Mission Impossible if there's one coming out. That's actually coming out in 2021, so we'll hold out for that one, won't we? Cecil Hobbs says, Invisible Man, they finally realise horror movie monsters should be scary. Ben Mulverhill says, Dune, the cast and crew is too good to ignore. Jacob Bennett says, Tenet, Christopher Nolan, brings the best every time. Aliani Silvermiss says, Wonder Woman 1984. Hank Rio says, Denis Villeneuve's Dune. And our last one over on Patreon, from Hayden Gerloff, Tenet. Now, thank you very much, everyone, for putting in a response. But, Dean, it's time to get to our top five anticipated films for 2020. And as usual, we'll start off with you, mate. What is your number five? Mulan. That is also my five. One of the very few trailers I've seen, and it looks awesome. It does look good. So, I'm keen for it. We actually watched Mulan yesterday. Oh, did you? Yeah, we just got Disney Plus, so Kira loves Mulan, so that's the first one we put on. Cool. In number four. Wonder Woman, 1984. Okay, just missed the cut. Yeah. Because my number four is Dune. Nice. Mm. I, I know bugger all about the film, but You look, know who directs it. I know who directs it. I know who stars in it. It looks pretty impressive. Yeah, I agree. So much so that it's my number three. Very good choice. Well, I don't know if you even know about this film. Last Night in Soho. Yeah, Edgar Wright's new film. Very good. I'll, you know, love me some Edgar Wright, so how can this oh. not be on my list? Stop it. <laughs> uh, number two for me, No Time to Die. I think we have the same two. My two is No Time to Die. Number one, obviously. How can it not be Inception 2? Have you seen anything about this yet? I've seen a still with um, the guy from Black Klansman in it. John David Washington. That's the one. Yeah. I really feel like you're going to hit the cinema one day and you're, just, you're going to be forced to watch this tenant. Uh, I can't trailer. believe, honestly, how few trailers I've actually seen considering how often I go to the cinemas. Because you rock up <laughs> right on time or a couple of minutes late. Yeah, I mean, I do. And it's working wonderfully for me. <laughs> All right, and for next week's question of the week, considering it's our top 20 films of 2019, we're going to ask you, what is your favourite film of 2019? And considering we have our little private Facebook community group going on over there, we're going to get our community to put in their top 10. Everyone's going to put that in, and we're going to do a collective top 10 overall of the Movie Journey listener community. So if you want to do that, head on over to the listener community, join up, pop in your top 10, and join the fun over there. Yeah, you say it's private, but really, if you want to join, it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's private until you join. (laughs) There's this tournament. Let the tournament begin! All right, Dean, it's time to find out some of the results of our best 2010s film tournament. Now, usually when we do these tournaments, we put out like a big block poll for everyone to vote on. But this time we're doing it a little bit differently. We're going to be putting out a poll every 24 hours so we can all just focus on this each one as we go along. And so far we've only got one result, and that was Gone Girl versus Hacksaw Ridge. And Dean, what was that result? Uh, I mean, it was pretty aggressively Gone Girl. Gone Girl, 72% to Hacksaw Ridge's 28 Yeah, I didn't expect it to be that big of a blowout. No, I mean, either. Uh, are, maybe, are people forgetting Hacksaw Ridge? 28% of them are. 
No. All right, that's the only result we've got so far, but we've got more coming along the way here. So we'll just rattle off the other nine matches in the first round here. We have Wild Tales against Marriage Story. Mm. We have Dangle against the Invisible Guest. Probably the uh, the Who and the Who mm. match of the round. Capernaum versus the Help. Warrior versus Mad Max Fury Road. My God. Damn it. That is (laughs) so hard. The Wolf of Wall Street versus Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. That's an interesting one. Mm. Uh, We have And Hadhun versus How to Train Your Dragon. We have A Separation versus the movie that just slipped in there, The Irishman. See, if we'd started it this week, it would have been Little Women. Uh, We have Room up against 12 Years a Slave. And our last match here in the first round is Ford v Ferrari versus Spotlight. Ooh, that would be interesting. All right, so keep an eye out on our Twitter because we'll be doing one single daily poll every day. That's the trailer right there. All right, Dean, I've got one trailer to talk about. I don't know if you've heard of it. I think you know about the character, perhaps. Morbius. Morbius, yes. Do you know who Morbius is? The Spider-Man villain. Okay, cool, because they lean heavily into this Spider-Man venom. Oh, good. Yeah. You know, they go Are f- we going to get appearances from him? What? They- There's a single shot in the trailer that shows a, a poster of Spider-Man in the background. Hmm. And looking through, like, Twitter talk and that, it looks like it's the um, Tobey Maguire version of Spider-Man. What? Yeah, like, the, the, the design of the Spider-Man looks okay. like his character. That's annoying. Hmm. But it does say in there, from the producers of Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man Far From Home, and no, it's from the studio, I think it was, something like that, and, and Venom. It's like they're really leaning into that. Jared Leto looks like him from Blade Runner 2049, basically, beard, cool. long hair. Yep. Definitely looks like a Venom film from what I saw. Nice. Yeah, I know you'll probably love it. Apparently, they're doing something like it's going to set up some sort of Sinister Six. Is that, does that ring a bell? Yeah, I mean, the Sinister Six is a group of Spider-Man villains, mm. but Venom's not in there, and Morbius definitely is not oh, there's in there. No, there's no shot of Venom or anything, that, like saying that this is just that kind of universe, I guess, that they're trying to do. Okay, it's different. Mm. I don't know. That's that's what I heard. That, that They didn't say anything in the trailer for that, but this just looks like, it, yeah, it looked very Venom to me. Sounds good. To you. Doesn't to me. All right, mate, I think it's time to take a trip down memory lane. And this time last year, we were breaking down The Thing. First time watch for you back then it was. Yeah, it was. So mm. that was one that I was glad to get off my hadn't seen list. Yeah, we also did our top five Kurt Russell films in that episode. And I think we both exposed how few Kurt Russell films we'd seen that one. That is true. <laughs> so why don't we go take a trip down memory lane and check out that episode. Can I just ask something? Yeah. Do you think McCready is spelt wrong? What do you mean? Well, there's different ways you can spell diff- the same word. Because it's spelled, everywhere I look, it's spelled M-A-C-R-E-A-D-Y, which to me reads as McReady. No. I think it should be M, small c, large c, R-E-A-D-Y. It really annoyed me. What, what, what is his big problem with the guy's last name? He can't change his last name. It's not pronounced right. To be fair. It's McReady. To be fair, for years, I didn't know if your last name was Jeffrey or Jeffrey. Was there an E? Was, there, was it R-E-Y? Was it E-R-Y? I, could, I couldn't tell. Uh, the bane of my existence. <laughs> yes, that's Jeffrey E-R-Y. They write R-E-Y, no E-R-Y. Okay, before I get into my top five Kurt Russell films of all time, I must put a little caveat at the start. I have not seen a lot of Kurt Russell films. Okay. I have not seen Sky Sky High, whatever that is, Soldier, Escape from New York, or the other one. Okay. So my number five, I just need to put excuses in for this number five, that's all. (laughs) No excuses, mate. No excuses. It's Stargate. Okay. I I haven't seen Stargate. Oh, it's shit. (laughs) (laughs) 
I would argue this is one of the greatest acting performances from a dog we've ever seen. Don't you, honestly, don't you think it's a fantastic dog? I mean, it's a very well-trained dog, yes. You really did not think. You, you're looking at me like, yeah, it's a dog. You didn't think this dog was really, really good? He's very well-trained. He's been told, see, today, yes. come here, stop. Yes. Well-trained dog, as are most dogs in movies. Why are you such a dog hater? What? Just because you are a, like, overboard dog lover, like, you, you have four kids, I'm telling you. <laughs> And your dog is number one. <laughs> <laughs> then I assume we have the same number one. Which I am stunned that no one put up in Twitter or on Facebook. Yeah, tell me about it. He's the main character in this film. And it's a great film. And it's recent. And it's a hateful eight. And it's... Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and even when the when they head back and they've obviously taken the deformed body with them, but you just see the dog sitting at the window, just mm. looking at them. Just watching. Great acting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, when that face opens up, like, we talk about great acting. I don't know how... <laughs> how did this dog do that? How? You wouldn't see Beethoven do this. <laughs> I, did, I did love the title, Antarctica Winter 1982. Is there much of a difference between Antarctica Winter and Antarctica Summer? Isn't it always shit and cold? I think it's more so... It gets. It, it, it would honestly make you feel a little colder. If you saw Antarctica Summer, you'd be like, that's a little contradictory. Why would anything? Antarctica Winter makes it worse. A- it's Antarctica. You In don't need winter. to stipulate that it's winter. But just that little... You know it's going to be cold. Yeah. It's going to be snowing. But if you saw Antarctica 1982 and Antarctica winter 1982 you would honestly look at oh that's going to be colder (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay Hey listeners, we just want to take a quick second here to thank you for taking the time out of your day to come and listen to us banter on about movies and all things movie related. Yeah, it really does mean a lot to the both of us. We're always looking to improve our show and get our name out there. And there's a couple of ways you can help us. Yeah, one of the easiest ways is to just get the word of mouth out there. Let your family and friends know about the show and where they can find us, which is pretty much everywhere. Places like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and of course, Podbean. We're very thankful to Podbean for taking on our podcast. Yeah, definitely. It's a great hosting site with a great app to go with it. Yeah, what I like about Podbean's app is you can actually comment on the episode you're listening to and it goes straight to us and we can reply back immediately. We've also opened up a new little merch store over on Public. We've got uh, a couple of t-shirts and hoodies and mugs and all that good stuff for sale. So if you're at all interested in getting a little bit of Movie Journey sweet, sweet merch, head on over there and see if anything tickles your fancy. Amazing! And if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can do so over on Twitter. Hendo controls our main handle at the Movie Journey and I am at Dean's 250 journey you can also check out our facebook page at facebook.com slash the movie journey our letterbox pages where we keep our film diaries up to date i'm at letterbox.com slash dino underscore j88 really rolls off the tongue and you can find hendo at letterbox.com slash hendo and we also have a new facebook discussion group yeah a little listener community going on over there yeah head on over join up we'd love for you to be a part of the discussion exactly another way to help us out is to leave a five-star rating and review on itunes for us or if you're really loving the show and want more why not check out our patreon where we post another weekly show breaking down films not on the imdb top 250 list yeah we've got over 70 episodes over there including such classic film series like the Die Hard series x-men series mission impossible series as well as some notable film directors such as wes anderson Edgar Wright, and even Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, that's right. There's also tons of benefits over there. Early access to our main show, patron-only polls that we put out on the regular. Yeah, exactly. You can even shape the show the way you want to by telling us what films you would like us to break down. So what's coming up this week, mate? Well, next week, of course, is our 2019 Best 20. That's the weird way to say it. How about we say 20 Best Films of 2019? Top 20. Yes. So for the patron episode, we are doing the full rankings of every single film, every single 2019 film that we've seen from 2019. 
Yeah, and spoiler alert, Hendo's seen a lot more than me. Yeah, I'm I'm narrowing in on 200. That is ridiculous. Yeah, so the patrons get the full list from literally 200 down to 21. We'll go through them. It's going to be a fun time for that one. Can't wait. We'd also like to give a shout out to our brand new patron, and that is Jacob Bennett. Thank you so much, mate, for joining the patron crew. We really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, head on over to patreon.com slash themoviejourney and check out the myriad of rewards and benefits we have to offer. The good. The bad. All right, before we get into everything else we've been watching, just want to remind everyone we won't be spoiling the films that we talk about, so if you haven't had a chance to see them yet, don't fear, we won't ruin them for you. All right, Dean, how many have you seen in the last fortnight? I've seen 11, Hendo. Oh, so have I. Good. All right, so who wants to go first this time? Uh, I'll go first. Yeah, since I always go first every other time. I'm going to talk about a god-awful film. Jay and Silent Bob reboot or whatever the fuck it's called. This thing. I've seen it too. It's on my list. Let's talk about it. It's terrible. This has to be your worst film as well. It's not. Wow. You had a rough fortnight then. See, Jay and Silent Bob. We've done our clerks breakdown. It's one of my all-time favorite films. The Viewers Universe, like, I really enjoy a lot of them. Chasing Amy, Dogma, fantastic. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back is still good in its own right too. More rats too. More more rats is okay. All right, more rats. The reboot. This is all just, let's reference every other movie non-stop. Yeah. Let's make fun of ourselves non-stop. It is not, it's it does, It's not funny. It is almost like a, a carbon cutout of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back with a little spin on some of the jokes. And the worst thing about it is Kevin Smith's daughter, Harley Quinn, it, she is terrible in this. She is she, not good and there is far too much in-joke references to father and daughter relationship. Kevin Smith is also in it as Kevin Smith and it gets As so, well as Silent Bob. Yeah, and it's just, it's- it's a it's a mess. It is so messy. I think yeah. And the, the other thing with this movie is it tries it tries so hard to once it stops you know being funny for five seconds or trying to be funny for five seconds it tries so hard to pull on emotional like strings and it it doesn't ever work. No. Like Jason Mewes is a terrible actor. He cannot handle material when you're talking about like deep father daughter stuff. It it doesn't work. There is a scene about three quarters of the way through the film. Ben Affleck gets involved. Easily the best scene. By far the best part of the film. Like That was the the part where I was smiling the most. I was laughing. It was The in-jokes were incredible. Probably bumped it up half a star for me. Uh, it actually did bump it up yeah. for me, half a star for me. So, for me, I give this two stars. Yeah, I give it one and a half. Fair enough. All right, here's a review for the Jay and Silent Bob reboot by the Cinema Guys. I will say I was pretty disappointed with Jay and Silent Bob. Maybe I expected too much, but it was just meh and honestly not that funny. Spot on review there. Your number 11, Hendo. The Adams Family. Oh, of course. God. <laughs> yeah, no, that's okay then. I can, I can see this. What a right. piece of shit this film was. Hey, I saw it at the cinemas. Why, why, why was this made? Uh, who knows? The Adams Family, my, my daughters didn't even know that there was Adams Family prior to this. Yep. Like, why Why have they created this this new animated film with these characters about this goth family where they re- rely so heavily on death and- it's so weird. Like the, like, the Adams Family, like, way back at the old TV show back in the, the 50s, 60s, then they make the, the new the newer movies in the early 90s. Christina Ricci. Yeah. Christopher Lloyd. Oh, yeah. Bald then, Christopher Lloyd. That's right. And then they make this, and it's- I didn't, I didn't laugh once. I just stared at the screen. Kids were laughing their ass off. I'm like, well, okay, well, it's obviously appealing to the children. They laughed. Yep. It's done its job. But how about making a film that caters to the adults as well? No chance. No, not at all. <laughs> One star. Fair enough. All right, you're number 10. My number 10 is a documentary, One Child Nation. Ooh, okay. 
have this on the list. Yeah, and even though it is number ten, and I'm going to give it a pretty harsh rating, it's it's. So it's, it's basically like a documentary about the the one yeah, yeah. the so, one child yeah. law. So there yeah. was there was a law in China that was heavily policed that families could only have one child. That ended, I think, twenty fifteen. Yeah, very recently, mm. twenty fifteen. Yeah. So I didn't know about this. Okay. And here's the thing: like, I give this movie or this documentary props because the actual subject matter is so interesting. It's scary how much this was being policed, what families would do to, you know, sometimes get around it or, you know, if they didn't want a daughter, what do they do with this baby? It's all very emotional stuff, but I just found it really boring. But the topic was very interesting, but for a, whatever it is, two-hour movie, it just uh, lost me. Give me a half-hour special any day. Okay. This would be great, but it just drags. I feel like there was no strong narrative push either. It was just a lot of information that I didn't feel was as connected as I would like it to be. So, you would say if I had this on the list of films to watch this week, this would be one to probably knock off if I don't have the time? Yeah. I I mean, I don't recommend it. Okay. I I give it two stars. Fair enough. Well, my number 10 is Judy. Oh, wow. Uh, not as good as Janice Silent Bob reboot. No. <laughs> Judy, I mean, Renee, Renee Zellweger. She's, she's good. She's fine. Ah, she's better than fine. She, she is good in this. She's, she's okay. She's definitely the best part of the film. Yeah, without a doubt. Because this film is quite bland, disjointed. So many unnecessary like filler subplots that I did not care about at all. This extra story with this other guy that she's with. Like, who cares? It's just not that interesting. No, it's not. This film is very forgettable and- in all honesty, there are so many more better female performances out there that are not getting recognised because Renee Zellweger is all over the like all, she's all over the like every single award coming out. And I'm like, no, it's not it's not that good. Just leave her alone. Get someone else involved. Much better performances. I must say, The Wizard of Oz flashbacks they were the standout. I enjoyed those. Two stars. Yep. All right, my number nine, Jumanji: The Next Level. Spencer. Huh? What? Who are you? Oh my God. You're Spencer's grandfather. Are we in Florida? And you? My little walker. Did I die and turn into some kind of a small, muscular boy scout? Are we dead? Bethany? No, no, no! Rich? I'm the old fat dude. This can't be happening! My hip sure feels good now. Look at my thighs. Look at your thighs. Look at my thighs. Okay, we have some issues here. The game is busted! It was a game. I'm not it. I don't want to be it. Welcome to Jumanji. All right. That seems quite low. You were a fan of the, the like, not the first one. I mean, the rebooted first one. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think oh, I think I gave that three and a half maybe yeah. from memory. Welcome, fresh surprise for that. Welcome. Sorry? Like, when we saw the first one, it was like, we're not anticipating this at all. Oh, no. We thought it'd be really bad. Yeah. And, and it was it actually was, quite good. Yeah. It was definitely better than expected. This one feels- let, Let's start with some negatives. It feels like they try so hard to get this movie in existence. Like, the actual premise of why it's kicked off again and they're back in Jumanji. They, so, they show that in the trailer. It's so weak. Yeah. It's and like, from the trailer, it looks super weak. And it, But I feel like the start actually takes a while as well to get going. Like, I found myself like, can you just fucking get into Jumanji already? <laughs> like, this is boring. Um, this movie introduces Dan- Danny? Donald? They're both Dannys. Danny Glover and Danny DeVito. Yeah, those guys. Yeah, the Dannys. Um, and so again, like, I- I avoided all trailers, so you probably know more about it than I, I even want to say on the podcast. But what they what they do once they get into Jumanji, things are definitely different from the first one. There are some 
weird performances. There are some good performances. The Rock is pretty weak in this, uh, and I, I'm a bit of a Rock fan. He's a bit charismatic enough that you know he's. I, I quite enjoy The Rock. Yeah, he definitely was pushed aside a bit, and what he had to work with, I felt. You know, it's it's a tough ask. Kevin Hart, and I know a lot of people have already said this, he's really good in this. Really? He's, he's against type. He's not actually Kevin Hart for once. So, I, I liked him in this. Jack Black's pretty good. And Karen Gillan, she's quite nice too. Just going to put that out there. Two and a half stars for me. Oh, actually, this movie's really funny. Yeah. Really funny to the point where I almost put it at three just because of how much I was laughing. And I got the giggles at one point. Nice. <laughs> it's just, it's a very, very funny movie. It just, this is a sequel that there wasn't enough content to warrant. I must say, my son Ethan, when we went to, uh, of course, Peninsula Cinemas, thank you so much to those Amazing guys. Peninsula Cinemas. He, he absolutely loved it. Like, he, he said, oh, this is like one of his favorite movies. Nice. And it, it's so hard because he looks up at you with hope and he's like, oh, do you reckon this is better than the last one? I was like, yeah, how funny no. is this? Now, you know what I mean? Like, And he, he was so on board. So, cool. Yeah, really, really two and a half stars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, fair enough. Well, my number nine was the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Fair enough. All right, my number eight, and we're in recommend territory here. Oh, me too. Oh, good. Mm. Uh, I've got a lot of threes coming up, so <laughs> here we go. Edward Norton, Bruce Willis. Motherless Brooklyn. Motherless Brooklyn. I haven't seen it. It reminds me of uh, Chinatown a bit, where- there's a lot of good elements oh, to the yeah, film. Oh, yeah, when Jack Nicholson was with Tourette's. There's a lot of good elements to the film, but the story is so convoluted and it's political and you're looking at housing development and it's very, very drab. Forget it. It's Motherless Brooklyn. It's a drab film. But Edward Norton, he's got Tourette's. He does that a lot. Although, I kind of feel like and i don't know anything about it and apparently the tourette's community has given it the thumbs up like yep great great portrayal of it so it's really good it just i don't know it just didn't feel consistent for me like you look at the first scene you see him in it is fucking non-stop this tourette's and i feel like the longer the movie goes the less tourette's comes (laughs) out it's like, ah, oh, okay, fair enough. But I think Edward Norton puts in a good performance. I think the music's really good. There's a, you know, Tom York from Radiohead. Of course. So I've got to give a shout out to the music. Uh, the, yeah, the performances are good. It's an, I don't know, like I, I, I struggled whether to put this at two and a half or three, but even though it's not a fun experience, I'm glad I watched it and I enjoyed it regardless. How's so. old, how's old uh, Brucey Willis? He's okay. I mean, yeah, he's fine. He's not like doesn't give a shit Bruce Willis. He's in a normal movie here doing what he can. So, yeah, three stars for me. Fair enough. All right, got a couple of reviews here from Motherless Brooklyn. First up from Short and Sweet Film Reviews. While I admired Norton's turn in Motherless Brooklyn, it's so stylized by trying to recapture 50s noir that you rarely get any insight into why the character ticks. The material, if you will, is miscast here and would have been better served as a limited series. Two and a half stars. What do you think about that? Limited series instead of a movie? I would not want to see more of this. Mm, okay. No. Glowing recommend then. No, it's like it's like series is multiple hours yeah. worth. No, nah, like this movie was- One and done? Yeah, like a couple hours. Yeah, fine. Cool. Don't need more of it. Next up from awesome patron Chris from the Rough House podcast. Remarkably average. <laughs> and tries a little too hard and Norton gets a wee bit self-indulgent here. Isn't he always though? And I love Norton. You do. Defoe and Baldwin are both fine additions that demand your attention every second they're on screen. Fair enough. Well, my number eight is quite an old film now, 20 years old. Bring it on. Have you never seen this I'd before? I'd never seen Bring It wow. On. Yeah. I was doing some work on the computer and I heard the music, like the movie start playing because Kira yeah. was watching. I'm like, you know what? 
whatever. I'll go there and watch it. It was fine. Yeah. Entertaining. I just, it, the thing is- like, I don't remember it at all. The thing is, I love Not Another Team Movie. Yeah. So, when I'm watching this and it's just so heavily- We're back. Off, We yeah, know yeah. it. <laughs> I'm just like, I, I cannot stop thinking about Not Another Team Movie. I know. But this was still really entertaining. I had a, had a good time with it. Three stars. Nice. We actually have a review here for Bring It On from the Tasteless Podcast. Five stars for Bring It On. A perfect teen movie highlighting Kirsten Dunst's comedic chops, Gabrielle Union's powerful presence, and why we need more Eliza Dushku. Right, I'll send it back to you, mate. You're number seven. My number seven is 26 years old, this film. It's Little Women from 1994. Uh, okay. I think you watched that like the day after. The day after. I was on a little Little Women. I was on a Little Little Women high. Did you watch any more? No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this, I watched this. What I was a stupid like, question. I watched this. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm good now. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What kind of a question is that? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm good now. So, and it's, it's hard because I just watched the new one. And everything I liked in the new one that they did different to this, I liked the new one more. Sort of like how um, my wife Britt sort of went into the new one saying, well, they changed this from the 94 version, which is, you know, my version, quote unquote. Yeah. And I didn't like all the changes. I was kind of the same way, but the opposite, where everything that was different about the 94 version to the 2019 version, I rejected. Yeah, 2019 is your version. Exactly. So, the story is what it is. It's fine. It's all chronological, obviously. Predictable. So, some things were probably done. One thing that was probably done better was the relationship between Joe and Gabrielle Byrne's character. I actually felt more of a chemistry there between them as opposed to Shersha Ronan and whatever guy played that guy in that movie. So, like, it's it's fine. I'll never watch it again. But story solid. Lots of well-known actors and actresses in it. Three stars. Fair enough. All right, my number seven, A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood. Now, you didn't recommend this? Nah. I, I think it's fine. There's enough emotion and warm-hearted moments to get you in the feels and warrant a recommend from me. But in, in all fairness, I think you might have mentioned this too, just just go watch Won't You Be My Neighbour. For sure. Like, Mr. Rogers is such a secondary character in this film and it's more about this guy uh, from played by Matthew Reese, who I think does good. He does a good performance here. Still a good film, though. Like, I think it, it tackles a lot of different themes and subjects that Won't You Be My Neighbor doesn't. So, but in terms of it, in terms of if you're comparing both the films, Won't You Be My Neighbor for sure. I, I also have to retract a little statement I made again last week when I said that Mario Heller also did Won't You Be My Neighbor. She did not direct that film. She actually directed Can You Ever Forgive Me, the Melissa McCarthy film from last year. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was actually Morgan Neville who did the documentary. So, Let's retract that statement. But for this film, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, I enjoyed it. Had a good time with it. Nice, strong themes. Three stars. All right. We have a review here for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood from Tom Schutzer. Won't You Be My Neighbor is my favorite doc of all time, and I thought there was no need for a biopic of Mr. Rogers. But watching this not only reignited the emotions I experienced last year, it opened up some fresh insights into his profound effect on people of all ages. Good review, mate. All right. You're number six. I lost my body. No, I'm not going to make a joke. Uh, oh, is that what, I said that. He starts looking around the room. I'm like, what is he doing? I was going to say like some, from, yeah, like okay. a nice we, little we joke about it. the awesome, the yeah, awesome weight it. loss journey we, you've had so we far. It. We get it, Hendo. <laughs> no, but this is high on my watch list, so you, you think I should watch this? yesterday or the yeah. day before. I should uh, watch this? Yeah, you should watch it. Yep. Um, you'll probably like it more than me. I thought, like this film, I went in knowing it's about a hand that's severed and it like goes around looking for his body, I assume. That's the sequel to Idle Hands? That's what I went in. Man. <laughs> That's what I went in expecting. And whilst that story is a part of this movie, there's another part of this movie which is much bigger and better. Okay. That 
I don't know. I feel like this gimmick of a hand going around a city trying to get places and stuff, like it's fine. It's gimmicky. It's got a cool title of the movie now, but really, you you didn't need it. Like the other stuff is genuinely good on its own. There's a good, good characters, good like journey that the character takes. I enjoyed it. It was just, yeah, it was, it was, it was good. Cool. All right. Three stars. I'll definitely be checking it out. All right. My number six is Bombshell. I want to convince you that I belong on air, Mr. Ailes. I think I'd be freaking phenomenal on your network. I could pluck you out and move you to the front of the line, but I need to know that you're loyal. I need you to find a way to prove it. I'm the bad guy. Fox News star Gretchen Carlson dropped a major bombshell today. What is she doing? This could kill Fox News. We need everyone on Team Roger. Get it on. Put it on. These are the end times. You do understand I have to be above this, right? You know the entire country is talking about your period right now. So you Hey, it's my number five. Fantastic. So we just got this in Australia. And uh, what do you think of it? thought the performances were really good. Mm-hmm. I thought the makeup and costumes were great. In particular, Charlize Theron. Yeah. She looks incredibly like the, oh, I don't know. Megan Kelly. Thank you. Megan Kelly. Like, but John Lithgow? Sort of, yeah, John Lithgow. He's, he's great in this. He's always great. John Lithgow was fantastic in this film. Margot Robbie was sensational in yeah. this film. That the, the one key scene. Yeah, with Margot Robbie. It's super uncomfortable and it's- incredibly hard to watch. I'm glad you said to watch. I'm not <laughs> dignifying that, <laughs> that response. No. <laughs> Considering what we're talking about. Uh, no, it, it really is a great... Uh, oh, it's not a great movie. It's a good movie. Performances are really good. The story is important. Yeah. I just... It sort of... It didn't really, for me, explain how it went so long once a first like complaint was raised. Yeah, it really sidestepped a, a bit of key information along here. Yeah. Yeah. There was, it really seemed like a, this is the facts kind of film, like lots of news anchor, blah, 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 news anchor, news, mm. news person, and just all these names kept showing up. I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are. Yeah, and like, I don't know what Fox News is. Like, I know Fox is like 20th Century Fox. I didn't know that like Fox News is this, you know, very pro-Trump. Uh, oh, I knew that. I, I didn't know any of that. Like, I'm not into that whole political American stuff, like whatever. But yeah, so there was a, there was some interesting information I got from this. I liked how they incorporated some of the real life footage into like the actors being involved in it too, playing their counterparts, such as like there's a an example where Donald Trump is being interviewed by Megyn Kelly. Oh yeah, yeah, yes, 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 and yes. you cut to Charlize Theron and then back yeah. to Trump and back to actual Trump. Yeah, yeah, yep. that was all good. I I enjoyed this film. It's got a you know, really strong message to say. Performances have got Nicole Kidman, probably the weakest of the three. Yeah. But still still holds her own. She's okay. Theron and Margot Robbie, massive standouts. John yep. Lithgow's great. Uh, three and a half stars for me. Yep. I give it three. Cool. All right. No review here, but we do have a rating from Mr. Sam at the Movie Reviews and 20 Qs. You know, he loves these out of 10,000s. So he's gone with 6,458. So pretty much- About on point with yep, us. Pretty much. All right. Your number five. Was Bombshell. Uh, your number five. Bad Boys for Life. Nice. And we have just done a bonus episode on that. So go ahead and check that episode out and hear our thoughts there. So that brings you to your number four. Yes, it does. This is my lowest rated best picture nominee this year, and it is Jojo Rabbit. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I felt like the first, I guess, act was really miss for me. Yeah. This whole, you know. Very goofy. Yeah, it's too goofy. Like, we get it, Taika Waititi. You're quirky, <laughs> okay? We get it. He's listening intently. Uh, but, yeah, like when the, when Roman, what's his name? Griffin Davis. 
Yep, Junior probably because he's small. Um, he's what? great in this, but when he's at like the camp and Hitler is his imaginary friend and Sam Rockwell's there, it, I didn't like any of that stuff. Okay. I was like, man, this is so boring. When finally the film changes and something it's happens, more emotion where he discovers something, it's. It definitely picks up, and thank God it did, because I really thought this whole movie was going to be, how funny is it that Hitler's his imaginary friend? And it wasn't. Thankfully, it does Mm. move away from that a lot. So, the journey that the boy takes, the relationship he forms with a girl in this is really effective, and he's, like, best friend in it. He's a pisser. Scarlett Johansson, she's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. She got nominated for a supporting actress nomination for this, or Oscar for this. Yeah. Is it warranted? Maybe. There's There's a scene involving- Shoes, that's all I'll say. The, yeah. That fucking wrecked me. Yeah, unexpected, that scene. But in hindsight, I'm glad it happened. Oh, Definitely. yeah. Yeah, it does push the narrative a bit more. So, I give it three stars. Fantastic. All right. Got a few reviews here for Jojo Rabbit from patron Jake Bennett. I thought Jojo Rabbit was overrated. Had its moments and it had good intentions, but I feel it had nothing new to say about the Holocaust. Next up from Please Watch This Podcast, Jojo Rabbit. Many of the jokes didn't land in the first act, but as soon as the main plot begins, it becomes an excellent film. Taika Waititi figures out how to do a pitch-perfect third act that creates a profound feeling. Loved it. And lastly here, we've got another score out of 10,000 from Sam at the Movie Reviews and 20 Qs podcast. It's Taika Waititi, so it automatically gets 5,000. <laughs> and he's landed with 8,536. Well done, mate. All right, Hendo, you're number four. Lantana. Hey! Yes. You watched it. I did watch it. So, for anyone who doesn't know what Lantana is about- Most people, probably. It's about the relationships of four couples who unravel after the discovery of a young woman's body in Lantana Bush in suburban Sydney. Now, this film started off a bit slow and meandering for me, but eventually it picked up and the pace, uh, everything tied together for me. Not only did it have a quite an intriguing murder mystery subplot, but more importantly for me, it was the conflicting relationships between these several married couples and how they go and cope with each other's relationship troubles and what they need to do to fix them if they can. I thought the chemistry between all of them was really great. Lots of Australian actors who I know from all these other things. Who was a standout for you? Anthony. Anthony LaPaglia, for sure. How good is he in this? And our little sneaky Glenn Robbins was in there doing a dramatic I'm like, Yeah. This is Russell Coit. For sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure like 2% of our audience know a bit of Russell Coit. <laughs> but in terms of a movie, it, I think it was great. Three and a half stars. Nice. All right. We have a review here for Lantana from MN Miller Film Reviews. I love Lantana. I saw it two years ago and it still holds up. Anthony LaPaglia is absolutely brilliant in this film. All right, over to your number three, mate. My number three is Pain and Glory. All right, another film on the list. Obviously, I need to watch this one. Yeah, definitely. This uh, Antonio Banderas, the Pedro Almodavara. Thanks for your contribution there, Hendo. Is that all you got? That's it. Okay. Penelope Cruz. Yeah, yeah, she's in it. Uh, this is a look at a, what is it? He's a director's sort of retirement, old, older years in life. And, you know, he's got health troubles and he's looking back on his life. And I love the way that this film does cut between him as a kid and him as an adult. It works really well together, really pushes the pace along as well, because this could have been a very slow film in different hands. But I feel like... It's not slow at all. Like, it's not a boring film. You really enjoy the relationships here. Daniel Banderas, really, really good in it. I can see why he got a Best Actor nomination for it. Cool. I think you'll like it. I give it three and a half stars. Nice. Okay. Well, my number three is Missing Link. Cool. 
You heard of this film? Yeah, it's animation. Yes, it is. Done by the company that did uh, Kubo and the Two Strings, the Leica company. Does not look as beautiful. No, it doesn't. Not as good, because I love Kubo and the Two Strings. But this film is about Mr. Link, who recruits explorer Sir Lionel Frost to help find his long-lost relatives in the fabled valley of Shangri-La. Along with adventurer Adelina Fortnite, this trio of explorers travel the world to help their new friend. Didn't know any of the voice cast in this film, and I looked it up, and they all seemed... You know, you get that voice recognition when you're watching the movie, like, oh, that sounds familiar. Mm. Do you want to know any of the voices? Sure. Hugh Jackman. Okay. Zach, Zach Galifianakis. Yep. Couple, just a couple there to name a few. This was surprisingly solid. It, it slipped way under my radar. I heard about this film way back in like March. And it got good reviews. I'm like, oh, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And just never did. It's a fun animation and really good voice cast. The humor was pretty on point for the majority of the film. And the kids really enjoyed it too. How was the voice cast though? Hugh Jackman and Zach Galifianakis. They're great. Just Great voice cast. There's a couple to name just, a few. Eh? There's a couple. <laughs> name a couple. Just a few. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Fry. There you go. There's another one. Oh, nice. Third act climax was a bit iffy. Anticlimactic, you could say. You said that. But overall, good film. Would you not say that? Anticlimactic. What's that a play on? Climax. Yeah, shut your mouth. Oh, my God. (laughs) This is a good film for adults and children alike, unlike that Adam's Family shit. Three and a half stars for me. Very good. All right, you're number two. Bad Boys for Life. Wow. I remember last week on the Bad Boys Two episode, I'm like, what are your expectations? He's like, fucking nothing. <laughs> Maybe that helped a lot. <laughs> that's um, usually what that usually helps a lot. Yeah. Like when you say, I don't care for this film at all, you just go in with no expectations and you're always pleasantly surprised. Yeah, no. Very very good. Uh, as Hendo said, we do have a bonus episode out, but uh yeah, I give it three and a half. Fantastic. My number two is a film you watched a very long time ago that you've been recommending for me for several months now. It is Hotel Mumbai. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really good film. Absolutely. Very gripping, tense. Tense. It's got very matter-of-fact violence as well, so it kept it very realistic. Mm. Almost every character, though, very one-dimensional. They they really could have fleshed out a couple of them. Dev Patel, though. He's so good. How good is he in the newsroom, though? I'll take your word for it. I think this film has a very strong message of human spirit and will as well, but I feel like just some of those- Non-characters really just let the film down. Non-characters? Yeah. There's tons of characters in this film, but they're not fleshed out at all. They're very one note. Overall, though, solid recommend. Four stars. All right, mate. Time for our number ones. I think it's pretty obvious they're both the same. Yep. It is, of course, 1917. Absolutely. And you can check out our bonus episode on that. That was a couple of weeks ago, but yep. Number one for each of us. You have it at four and a half to my four. Did you only give it four? Yeah, the same as Hotel Mumbai. Jesus Come on. Christ, Dean. Come on. We, definitely. We, definitely. We literally the next just, we it just is the recorded next level it. level from Hotel Mumbai. We recorded it a week ago. You cannot remember the bloody ratings. Oh, well. That's how it is. It is what it is. That would be more appropriate if we discussed the Irishman at all. <laughs> and that's going to do it. Thank you very much, Nick, for coming on for a one sided battle. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot, Nick. Loved your. No, I didn't love your work. That was terrible. <laughs> All right, next week is, of course, our top 20 films of 2019. A couple more films we're going to try and squeeze out while in the in the one-week period here. Any, or, even, look at any, or, or even squeeze in, Hendo. Could squeeze in, could squeeze out. Depends how shit they are. Oh, you could <laughs> squeeze out while you're squeezing one in. <laughs> Do you have any films in particular you need to be checking out or you want to be checking out? We are going to go see Just Mercy when it comes out. Yeah, not really. Um, I've got I've got a few that I could watch and they all seem pretty boring, so we'll see. All right, well, hopefully you change your mind on those ones and they turn out to be good. So thank you very much, everyone, for checking out the episode and we will see you next week for our top 20 films of 2019. Bye.